Imagine that this is a measure of time. 50 meters of ribbon. It's gross grain ribbon, so it has all those lines on it, you know? And each line represents a thousand years. And so at the beginning of this ribbon is where God is. And there was nothing. But God, out of nothing, made something. He created the earth. He divided the day from the night. He made an atmosphere and land. He created water, both salt and fresh. And on the earth he placed living creatures, trees and plants that were there for nutrients and for medicinal purposes, for shade, for air. And he placed on the earth as well animals, Animals that created an abundance were in relationship with each other and gave life. And it was on to this earth that God placed people. We might think, who is it that prepared all of this for us over this span of time? There were people that have gone before us that discovered fire that learned to measure time, that created the wheel, that made combinations of herbs and medicines that aided healing, that gave health. There were advances in science and math. We came to know of things that could combat sicknesses that we thought were definitely the end of human life when, they were, when people experienced them the gift of antibiotics. So many things that have been given to us that have been passed down from generation to generation and we get to receive it. Think of this as a measure of time. Look how much there is. And if I were to unroll this, we would get to the end to the last 2,000 years, 2,000 years ago when Jesus came. All Saints Sunday invites us to consider all that has gone before and all that we have been given as this generation of people living in this earth, in this place. And so I invite you to think about people in your own life, maybe parents or grandparents, aunts or uncles, or maybe even close friends who through their faith helped your faith grow. When I think of this category, I think of my grandfather. He was a very religious man. He was a watch fixer. That was what he did his whole career, fix people's watches and clocks. He went to church every Sunday, twice, once in the morning and once in the evening, and went on Wednesday too. And he loved to read his Bible. When we would go to visit him, he often wanted us to sit down for a little bit so he could read to us from the Bible and talk about what he had read. Now, I was 10 years old. I knew enough to know that I shouldn't roll my eyes when he invited me to come and sit on the couch just to read a little bit of the Bible to me. 
what I really wanted to do was watch cable television because we didn't have cable television at my house. <laughs> but I would sit and listen, he would read, and then he would tell me what he had just read. He had some interesting beliefs that I have to say, one of which kind of makes me laugh. It's the only one. He would say, what if above the stable, you know how there was that star there? What if that was actually a UFO <laughs> reflecting light down? And I remember thinking, where is there a point of reference anywhere for that possibly being a UFO? But what struck me as I got older was his certainty, his belief that all wanted to serve God. All creation wanted to serve God. And in that, he included possible alien life forms. His faith was such that helped my faith grow. Maybe you remember people several generations back in your own family. People who you never got the chance to meet, but some of their keepsakes have been passed down to you. And their faith is such that it helped your faith to grow. Or consider this congregation, this parish family. If you look around you in this room, you'll see etched in various places names of people. And you may not have ever known them. But they were the worshiping congregation here at one time. Maybe worshiping 100 years ago or 200 years ago in this very spot. And it was because of their faith that our faith is able to grow. I also think of people that I've never met and you've never met because they were so long ago. I had fun looking at lives of saints in anticipation of today. And I was impressed by Joan of Arc in the 1400s. She was only 12 or 13 years old when she heard voices and saw visions that invited her to consider how she might help the king of France take his throne. Because there had been long battles in France, and the English and the Burgundians were battling over that territory. And she thought that maybe she should do something about it. Well, she didn't tell anybody about her visions or the voices for a few years, but finally when she was around 15 or 16, she told someone, and they laughed at her. So a year later, she decided she would try again, and she told someone else about her vision, and they encouraged her to do something about it. She led the people of France in several battles. She was taken captive and was tortured and eventually burned at the stake for her beliefs. And she wasn't even 20 years old. I think also about St. Stephen, for whom this church is named. He's considered the first martyr of the Christian faith because he died about a year after Jesus died. You can read about him in the book of Acts. When the church was just beginning, the apostles knew that they needed help, and so they invited seven different people to assist them in the work of the church, and Stephen was one of those. And he was convicted and convinced that the good news of Jesus was for all people. And that message didn't sit well with some of the religious leadership.
And so he was taking, taken off beyond the gates of Jerusalem, and he was stoned to death. Now, an interesting thing about him is that it was Saul who encouraged and even witnessed the stoning. And Saul had a conversion experience some weeks later. I became a follower of Jesus himself. And that is who the Apostle Paul is. So through people like Joan of Arc and Stephen, we see their faith and it helps our faith grow. When Saul, who became Paul, witnessed the faith of Stephen, his faith grew. We have the invitation on All Saints Sunday to remember all of those whose faith has made a difference in our faith. And perhaps during this homily you've actually thought of some people who have demonstrated that in your life. People who have claimed the gospel truth that death does not have the last word. The truth that we see in our gospel lesson today when Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus. When Jesus showed up, people said, you're too late. He's already dead. But Jesus demonstrated through his healing power that death does not have the last word, that it had not been too many days, that the stone was not too heavy to be rolled away, that the stench was not too strong to be overcome, that the bindings were not so tight that they couldn't be broken. And we hear in our gospel lesson today that death does overcome, that life does overcome death. So I invite you to consider who it is in your life, whose faith it is that has helped your faith to grow, that have demonstrated that suffering is not nearly as bad as the gloriousness that we have the opportunity to experience, who have demonstrated that hate is not nearly as powerful as love, and who have shown through their life that death does not have the last word, that life is the final proclamation. So I invite you, in these moments as the choir sings an anthem, to consider who it is in your life whose faith has helped your own faith to grow. Maybe they've died just even in this last year. But I invite you to write their names down on that yellow piece of paper. And at the piece, you'll be, you'll be invited to pass those to Justino, and we will pray for them during our Eucharistic prayer as we remember those whose faith helped our own faith to grow. <laughs> 